Warning. Enter security access code. Systems accessed. Activate. beautiful divine people you are hearing again from the heart doctor and today I'll be speaking on my journey to self-love or better yet a segment or a part of that journey for me today I'll be speaking about complexion to those who have seen me on Facebook or in person, you know that I will be classified as a dark-skinned woman. And that has haunted me my entire life. My complexion have defined me completely a great deal of my life. And so I matured as a woman to accept every part of myself. But how can I speak on complexion if I don't know what complexion is? According to the dictionary, a complexion is the natural color, texture, and appearance on a person's skin. A synonym is pigmentation. The second definition would be the general aspect or character of something. A synonym would be perspective. Angle, interpretation, countenance, nature, or disposition. But today I will be speaking on 
the first definition. I'll be speaking on my pigmentation. I remember my first or the the first account that I remember of my my skin complexion. According to my dad's side of family, there isn't a lot of dark-skinned people on this side of my family. The dark-skinned or the more dark-skinned people will be on my mom's side of the family. We have big cheekbones, big lips, big foreheads, and, and we're short. On my dad's side, they're taller, and they have more of a mocha or brown, mid-brown tone. Even it's not light skin. It's not a lot, a lot of light skin, but it's definitely in the middle where most people are definitely not light skin or not dark skin, but they're right in the middle. And seeing those differences when I was younger, it definitely shaped how I saw myself. A later account would be as I was growing into a teenager and I noticed I wasn't getting a lot of attention from the boys. I had a light skinned friend. She was this. She could be considered as plus size. Beautiful, beautiful smile. She could sing like an angel. She was a songbird. And. Every time I hung out with her growing, you know, especially growing up in Hurt Village. And for those that may not be from Memphis, that's where Poplar and Decatur meets. It's where the church is chicken and the, I think it's, it's a hospital down, St. Jude, I think. No, not St. Jude. It's a, it's a hospital down there. But it's definitely by church's chicken. But now it's like they have houses or something right there now. But back when I used to live in Hurt Village, the boys didn't talk to me. And I, I, I used to always wonder why. Why didn't why wasn't they talking to me? Was I not beautiful? Was I not pretty? And I've I've always had a nice shape. Always. I've always been heavy on the bottom than the top. So I've always had a big butt. I've always, you know, just had a certain shape about myself. I've, an hourglass, I would say. And so that wasn't a problem. It's just I just thought I wasn't fine. I wasn't pretty. And I I remember on more than one account, not just from Dixie Home, but just any any boy from school too. I was always called cute. And I remember one one I mean one time this guy had uh told me, he's like, You're cute for a dark skinned girl. And I heard it so many times after that. You're cute for a dark-skinned girl. Even to this day, I hate the word cute. Because it seemed as if those words haunted me. Like, what does that mean? Cute for a dark-skinned girl. So dark-skinned girls can't be beautiful? No. You know, it, it's just, I'm not supposed to be ugly. You know, it's just, I felt as if I was just being sexualized a great deal of my life. I remember... Guys in the neighborhood, like, oh, 
you growing up, huh? And, you know, I just remember just blossoming at the age of, I think, 10 or 11. I, be, I, I developed early. So since I developed early, it's just like I, my body matured faster than my mind. So I, I received a lot of attention from the older guys in the neighborhood. They would, if I was at a store, they would, they would just volunteer to buy me candy or chips, whatever I was going to buy at the store. I, didn't, I never had to spend money. So I, I've always felt privileged to never have to buy anything, especially if it's a guy I knew or I found myself, if I, if I went to a store with a guy, I never had to buy anything, even if I had my own money. Even in relationships, I never had to spend a lot of money. And it's just like even if I was to just bring it up to the present day, 32 years old now. And if, and looking at the few relationships that I've been in. You know, those words still hunt me to this very day. Being that cute, dark skinned girl with the big booty. And that complexion followed me in every relationship, even marriage. I never felt beautiful. I always felt as if I had to wear makeup. I had to wear something. And that that same complex, just going back, back into my teenage years, it got me to a place where I was feeling myself. I was very vain and shallow. And... I kept my eyebrows arched and I kept my hair done. Even even if I didn't feel like I kept my hair done, I wore, the, I used to, to school, I used to wear the tight khakis. I don't know if you remember when I used to wear the shirt that fit me and I used to have cleavage out. I remember just feeling myself at that age, as we all do. And I had to grow to a place or grow to a point where I had to stop loving that attention. Even now, being the age that I am now, I hate that attention. I hate the attention I get from guys because of the way I look. Even, well, especially being raised in church, because if you're raised in church, you're told to cover yourself. I was raised in a Baptist church, so a woman didn't have a position. A woman didn't have any title at all, anything. She was of no importance. I had to wear these long skirts to, to my knees. Well, no, no, not, no, to my ankles. I had to wear these baggy clothes. And my stepmother, she she was shot for me. She had to buy three sizes over because my pants fit a certain way. My shirts fit a certain way. And I always felt as if people trying to cover me up. People trying to cover me up. And I never felt pretty. Even, even with my high cheekbones and in my brown eyes and, and, you know, in my body, I just never felt like I fit into this Eurocentric type of thing. Even when I tried with the blonde hair and the color, the color eye eye contacts I used to wear. And (laughs) even with that, you know, it didn't fit. And I remember I used to work at Java Juice and Jazz on Elvis Presley. It's no longer act, you know, there. It's no longer in the service. People no longer go there. But I used to work there as a waitress. And my boss, 
she used to tell me, why do you, why do you have all this blonde hair? And why do you have these different color eye, eye contacts? And at that point in time, I had to be 17 or 18. Um, no, 18, 19. I was definitely m- more mature at that point in time. And why I used to work, it was more Afrocentric. It had the par- paraphernalia of Africa. Had the statues and different masks. They had teachings every Sunday of Africa and going back to our roots. And I kind of missed that job because it actually implanted a lot in me. So I can understand now why she asked me those questions because I didn't love myself. I wanted to look more Euro Eurocentric instead of Afrocentric. And I have African features. So it definitely impacted me as a person. And growing up with colorism and that colorism followed me in my relationships because everybody, every guy I dated, when they cheated on me, it was with a light skinned woman. Even my ex-husband, it was a woman of a lighter complex and she had colored eyes. She looked she looked nothing like me. And so it, it really impacted how I saw myself. And I I had to take some time off to find out who am I or what do I love about myself during that period of time of grieving that relationship or those relationships. Because every guy cheated on me with a lighter skinned woman. And I thought I just wasn't pretty. And it, it kind of perpetuated the stereotype or continue the stereotype or the idea in my mind that, Hey, I'm not pretty. I just have a nice body. But now being 30, being 31, going on 32 next year, I love myself. I actually take full body pics now because I felt, I felt as if I had to cover up my body a great deal of my life. And so now I'm finally at an age where I can actually accept every aspect of me. And that complex followed me in my marriage. It it followed me and it impacted how I saw myself. But I'm grateful for having an ex-husband now that spoke life into me. He spoke me into the queendom night, the queen that I am now, the empress that I'm becoming. And as I grow into this woman, it's amazing. I've even had a conversation with him some time ago and let him know, thank you for speaking life into me. When I didn't love myself, when I was wearing all this makeup, when I was wearing all this fake hair, he helped me embrace my natural hair. He brought me into that. I'm not saying no other guy didn't, but I guess at that point in time, far as being in a romantic relationship, He's the only guy that, that spoke to me as far as being in a romantic relationship. But I had friends who actually encouraged me to wear my real hair way in high school. But I'm like, I'm never doing that. <laughs> but it's just I'm grateful for the men that's, that have spoken life into me. But if you're light skin, dark skin, purple, blue, gray, whatever, whatever color we can be as human, human beings. I want to let you know today that you're beautiful in the skin that you are. And. Don't allow society or anybody to take that away from you. But that complexion, that complexion thing, that colorism in in the Af- in the African American 
communities is heavy. And I really do believe that we need to address that because dark skinned women, we getting repped now. We getting, we're, we're being represented now. But light skinned women, they can get away with anything <laughs> these days. And back in the day, I remember guys saying, I just want, I want me a red bone. I was like, what is a red bone? Nobody bones are red. You know, I'm always thinking like that. I was thinking more in an intellectual way. I'm like, red bone. But they wanted a thick, light-skinned girl. They wanted, they wanted a girl that they can look good on their arms. And it, it brings me back to slavery or pre-slavery, whenever, or whenever the time was when it was popular to have someone that was that passed uh, the, the, the bag test. If you was the color of that bag, he was accepted. And again, having a fair-skinned woman was a prize, a treasure to be to be held. Oh, I have a light-skinned woman, so I'm going to have light-skinned children. But even I, I, I think that we've taken that and cultivated it into something what we use today. Light-skinned women still get a still get a pass. I've actually been around male friends, ex-boyfriends, any man. A lighter skinned woman or a mixed woman would, would get a look about her or get something about her that would be, oh, she's beautiful. But. But she would but she would get accolades for being a beautiful woman, which I didn't get at all, especially since I'm wondering like why why are these light-skinned women or mixed women or Latino women? being seen as exotic when as a African, as a black woman, I'm exotic because even you do studies, you're going to find out that there are many cultures of women and all these women come from like uh, the, the origin comes from Africa. Dark, like they come from dark skinned women. We have albino women, albino men. All of that comes from Africa. All of it comes from Africa. So I don't understand why a lighter complexion is more beautiful than a dark complexion. And I believe that that colorism have followed us into America or Africa. Even even in Africa, women are bleach bleaching their skin. That's really big. Women are bleaching their skin. Men are bleaching their skin. Because they want a more fair tone because that is being accepted in society. But I don't understand why. And I always thought that the colorism came from me, from my from my background, from where I'm from, or just from my history. But 
I think it's something that, that has been passed down to us. Especially as a black person. I don't want to say black person or as, or as an ethnic person, as a melanated person. I would rather say that as a melanated person. And even going back to my childhood, being teased for my nose, my lips, my high cheekbones. I never understood why that wasn't beautiful, why I wasn't given that. No, why wasn't well, why why wasn't I given that stamp of approval? But I believe complexion matters in America. I think it plays a lot into racism. It plays a lot into the sexism and the colorism. And as a proud melanated woman now. It's been a journey for for me to get to this place. It's hard. It's hard being who you are and loving who you are completely in a world that tells you you're not good enough because you have to do this, you have to do this. Look at the ads. Look look how they market us. Even with makeup. Look even the magazines. The magazines are so hard on women. We have to look this way. We have to they they put women right there. As an example of beauty, then guys are, are just so oblivious that they follow that beauty. Well, this is a standard beauty. Now, Instagram women, you know, or how one uh, woman's body may be, that's an example of beauty. So now every woman wants to like an Instagram model. You know, so it's the standards of beauty are raised with different things or every year or every however somebody want to change it. We, it's changed constantly. So a woman has a, as a woman, I have a lot of pressure to look a certain way, but I'm reminded of any song video. She's like, I can wear my, I can, I can paint my toes if I want to, if I can shave my legs if I want to. I am a queen. I am beautiful. And watching any growing up. It re- she really encouraged me to be a pretty black girl. And that's the reason why I love her to this day, because she still hold her queendom, her empressness, because she's she's that queen. She's the empress for me. She represented dark skinned girls and made it OK to be dark skinned. So I know I'm more than my hair, more than my body. And through her music, it really healed me. It helped me accept who I am. And to eat and, and just to go back a little bit because I went into a whole bunch of deep things. I know I went down that rabbit hole, but just to bring it back a little bit. Once I became more just of age, I became of age. I was eighteen ish. I end up or eighteen or twenty ish. It was definitely in my twenties, I believe, when I spoke with my ex boyfriend. So I ended up dating someone back in Hurts Village. I'm one guy. He was my first boyfriend. He was sweet. He had a def- uh, he definitely was in and out of juvenile. He has stuff going on with him. And he can definitely draw, but he 
he had to get, he had to, he had some issues in school. He had some stuff going on with him back then. But when I end up seeing him later now on Facebook, that's how I caught up with him. Uh, we end up having a conversation and I, we were just, we were just, we were talking about Dixie home and growing up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's well, all that goodness. He explained to me what happened I, and I came to him with the conversation. Like, was I not pretty back then? You know, I just had that conversation with him. Like, no, you were beautiful. You was beautiful. You still are. He was saying, no, the guys just didn't know how to come to you because you was just this strong woman. They didn't, this strong young woman, you knew yourself. They couldn't just come to you with anything. They had to come with a job or something because you came with standards. And that really stood out for me. And it really helped me heal in a way, helped me heal my inner child or the part of me that went through that, that hard time when I was younger. And I just began looking at all my relationships and and everything. Cause I felt as if I wasn't good enough because I'm like, I wasn't good enough for this guy to look at me or this guy to like me. But my ex-boyfriend, he helped me. He's helped me in a healing process of that. And so now I can actually be bold enough to speak on it on this podcast. And now when I see a lighter skinned woman, even now, if I'm on a date or whatever, and it's a lighter skinned woman that walks by, I no longer hold that against that woman because she's lighter. She's if she's beautiful. She's beautiful. You know, I'm like, oh, she's beautiful. So I'm actually able to tell other women that they're beautiful. I'm no longer envious or jealous of other women. And that's been a long journey for me. And my daughters, they're more of the brown complexion. Their their dad and I, we're both dark-skinned. So I know that at some point in time, they're going to question their skin color. But it comes from their great-grandparents. So I believe complexion needs to be discussed in homes, especially if you are of African descendant. If you are descent, because we all are, if you have more melanin, if you darker tone, or even if you're albino or whatever. Complexion is, is beautiful. And I want to say this because I've, I forgot to mention it earlier. There are tribes in Africa now where the women have the women or the people have blue eyes and and blonde hair. I didn't know this until some years ago. And I thought it was Afrocentric. I mean, Eurocentric, because I mentioned the Eurocentric of the blonde hair in a context. But I believe that that was really mocked from that tribe or from. Or from the the original people, which are African people. And I believe a lot of things are mocked through other colors or other races or civilizations. And I think it's beautiful, the different colors that comes from Africa. Complexion is beautiful. And I believe once we can accept our complexion for what it really is, and we can accept our skin tone, our pigmentation, whether or not we have more melanin or less melanin. Everybody comes from Africa. 
It's just we've been split up and we have different languages with it. Dominicans, Latino, Hispanics, all of it. You have Asians. I mean, you see uh, when you see a mixed person, a person who may be Asian and black. A lot of times they don't want to admit the black part, but the Asian part is just fine. We have all these different, different, we have Indian, we have uh, even Indians back then. I forgot the terminology, but Indians were, were, were of a dark, darker tone. They were, they weren't light. But I believe complexion has definitely stained America. And I believe because we live, if for anyone that live in the USA or Africa or any or any other place that's plagued with racism or colorism, I believe that that definitely plays a big part in who we are and whose we are. And I hope that my testimony in my life and me coming to who I am and not having dark skinned daughters and how they have affected me. And just to close, because I can't go, I can't leave this segment without speaking on that. It was a period of time my daughters came to me and they said, mommy, I want to be dark skinned like you. And I was, and I I questioned that. I'm like, baby, you want to be dark skinned like me? Like your skin tone is just fine. It was like, no, I want to be dark skinned like you because... Because you're beautiful. And I remember them having a, that, that conversation with me about my skin color being beautiful and that they were around other kids who was asking them, why, why aren't you darker? And so I think the same goes for darker skinned people now because now the, the black and the berry, the sweet the juice. Now you see a lot of dark skinned women coming out. Now people want to be darker. People actually go to get tans just to be darker. And again, I reinforced to my daughters, they're beautiful and that we're all different shades because we come from because of our ancestors. And I am every day I'm teaching them what true beauty is and to love their complexion. Because I never thought someone would want to be darker. And I went back to my earliest uh, accounts and the struggle that I've been through as a darker skinned woman. And my mom, like, I didn't want to tell my daughters about that. But I was like, mommy had a hard time being dark skinned. They was like, really? I'm like, yes. And they may never understand that because they they can't walk in my shoes. But I can definitely say that every day. But every waking moment of my life, every breath that I take, I will teach them how to love themselves, no matter what color they are. And it's about the content of their heart. It's about what the seeds they sown. It's about it's about what they do in life. It's about their character more than their skin tone. But anyways, I hope something was said today that will maybe help you question some things and maybe have this conversation about complexion. because. Besides the race, the, the racism part of it, I believe colorism plagues us all, especially in a in the 
melanated or pigmented households. As a healed, melanated woman, black woman, whatever you want to call me, I can probably say that my complexion is beautiful. My lips are beautiful. My forehead is beautiful. My cheekbones are beautiful. And my body is beautiful. And I'm a beautiful being, beautiful divine being who is walking her journey. And I hope them I hope that the trails that I've paved, I hope that it pave, that it helps my daughters pave a better trail. Chime in for the next segment, and I will be speaking on how did I move on from my marriage, and how did I let go of someone I once loved so much, how to move on, how to let go. Thank you so very much for your time. Again, you're hearing from the heart doctor. Love yourself, be you. Till next time, let's go higher. The heart doctor.